if you've experienced a layoff, right? Uh, firstly, you know, I would say some people take this time to really reflect on what they want. Ultimately, if you feel like things are shaking up in some way and they're, you know, masking it with like, we're doing some great changes. Okay, we're going to just start looking right now. But in most cases, it is not you. It's more of the organization as a whole. So taking a moment to really step back and reflect, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Talking with others who are also experiencing, um, but then also saying, letting yourself know and encouraging yourself that this is not a me thing, but how can I turn this situation for the better for myself? All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how to bounce back if you've been laid off, right? And um, if you haven't been laid off, it's still maybe a really good episode to listen. But if you have in the recent couple of years um, and you live in corporate in this corporate America world where layoffs actually are more common than not, uh, this is going to be a really great episode to talk about how to bounce back and how to, you know, deal with this roller coaster of emotions that you, you've probably have felt or you're feeling now. And to talk about this important topic, I have an amazing guest. I have Leandra D Davis. Oh my God, Leandra. I was like practicing it so much. I think I, and you got it. I, you got perfect. it. Perfect. Uh, she's a career and executive coach. I'm super excited that you're here today. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, Daniel, for inviting me out. No, this is this is awesome. Really excited that we're able to connect and talk about this important topic together. Uh, but when I was asking you, you know, we had the, like, our, like a discovery call before the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was asking you, like, is there like a particular topic you want to talk about? And you said, hey, I would love to talk about, uh, you know, the feeling of layoffs. I want to talk about transferable skills. Why are you so passionate to talk about this particular topic? Yeah. Um, if you are a job seeker or in the job market, you probably have heard of someone being laid off, whether you yourself have experienced that or someone else. And so I would say this past year from 2022 going to 2023, there has been massive amounts of layoffs happening, um, unprecedented amounts. And it's been horrible to see because no one wants to experience that. And so I talk with hundreds of job seekers people every day, every week that I'm talking with that have experienced a layoff and I can see how it impacts them, not only professionally, but also personally and emotionally. So I really think this is an important topic um, to talk about in terms of how do you navigate through that on the professional side, but also the personal side. And then also thinking about how can you leverage the skills that you've gained to tap into a new market or to reinvent yourself in a new way as well. So I think this is very important to talk about. No, I think this is really, really important. There was this uh, famous quote, I don't know, I think it's really hard to know which economist said this, but the difference between a recession or a depression is if you lost your job um, because you've, you then feel it more, right? And um, and you're no longer like a statistic because you hear this and you're like, oh, like uh, Meta or Google and Amazon and all these companies that's laid out tens of thousands of workers. And those numbers just become like a statistic. You become kind of numb to them. But if you're, if you're one of those 10,000 people, those hundreds of thousands of people that have been laid off, like, the, the world might feel uh, like it's completely different in the way that you look at it if you still have a job. And um, and so I like I understand, you know, one of the things I, I fear is like that feeling of failure of saying, like, you know, what did I do wrong? And a lot of times even think about it like now as a business owner where um, at, at one point in my business, I felt like I was going to have to lay off people and like 
I was like, this, like, this is not a good feeling because it's not their fault, right? Like I sometimes yeah. it's, it's actually my decisions as the CEO of my own company that has that weren't always the best, right? That has led to those layoffs. But um, how how do you advise uh, your clients or you know anybody who's been laid off that you've spoken to to overcome those uh, self doubts, confidence that you know they might be dealing with uh, after a layoff? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I think firstly is to like own it in a sense, like this is what has happened and to in a way feel the emotions because it is the reality of the situation um, that especially if you really love the job yeah. as well. Now, if you didn't really love the job and you were just there getting by, yeah. hey, this could be a you know gift um, to you in a, in, in a sense. But if you really enjoyed that job and you saw yourself really growing, then yeah, it can definitely hurt. And it's, I would say to first, you know, feel the emotions and then also take a look at like the evidence, the proof, the facts of what, what we do know. Based on your experiences, how were you doing on the job? Do you know you were exceeding expectations? Then if so, then this is not on you. Looking at just e even your peers, well, I, I wouldn't compare at all, but looking at just the amount of people who were laid off. Companies don't want to lay off hundreds of people at one time. They do it for budget reasons. So this could be more of a budget thing. So really looking at the facts of um, the situation, we don't know the, I'm sure you don't know all the internal details, mm -hmm. but in most cases, it is not you. It is more of the organization as a whole. So taking a moment to really step back and reflect, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Talking with others who are also experiencing, um, but then also saying, letting yourself know and encouraging yourself that this is not a me thing but how can I turn this situation for the better for myself? Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I, I think, you know, from my experience of talking to people who've been laid off, who've come to me kind of asking for help, it's like they, they take it like it's like they got fired because of bad performance and they feel like there's, there's a confidence is, is affected. And I think you're, you're right. Like the majority of this, I'm not saying 100 percent. I'm sure that, that sometimes it is a performance issue. Right. But like for, for a lot of times it is a, a budget thing. It's. It's how does, uh, you know, especially if you're talking about like a publicly traded company is like, um, I, I was working at PepsiCo and it felt like every year and a half to two years, there was layoffs. I was there for six years and there was three layoffs. And every time um, I, I, would I would receive more job and get paid the same because I was inheriting work from somebody else. Yeah. And a lot, and, and they did it because of co cost savings. And they also like, <laughs> I think, it's funny because they would leg off the most senior people, the people who've been doing that same role for 15 years yes. because they get paid more. So like you have somebody like me kind of recently out of college, a couple of three to five years outside of college, like making a hundred thousand dollars, or you have someone who's been in that same, uh, like regional account manager, district manager role for 10, 15 years, and they're making $250,000. So it's like, when we fire him, we give this guy making a hundred, the same role, but we're saving a hundred thousand dollar plus. Right. And so it, it's not a personal thing. I, I think they do it right to cut budget. So then the question is, how do you bounce back? The question is, uh, how do you play offense? Right. Because you can't just sit there and mope and that's not going to, that's you, you, you can't not do anything. Right. Like a job's not going to come to you just because you decide to stay at home and, 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 and be upset about it. Like you have to take, you have to be proactive. So what, what, what's, what, how do you suggest, bouncing back? Like what, what would be the first couple of three steps? Yeah, I would, I would even say before it even happens, if you can like read the signs, like if you 
are hearing things within the organization that we're going to be changing things, that things just start to feel shaky and you can kind of feel it in your gut a little bit, then that's a moment in time to tell yourself, okay, I need to start thinking about what's next. So in terms of playing offense, yes. like start looking, start getting your resume ready, start getting your LinkedIn ready, start making those moves, networking. Um, you know, with LinkedIn, you can also turn off the notifications um, when you're updating your profile. So I would recommend doing that. So no one feels like, oh, people are watching me. So ultimately, if you feel like things are shaking up in some way and they're, you know, masking it with like, we're doing some great changes. Okay, we're going to just start looking right now. So if you feel like things are changing, start looking. If you've experienced a layoff, right? Uh, firstly, you know, I would say some people take this time to really reflect on what they want. Yeah. So if you have the means to take a breather from the work life, from the nine to five or whatever hours you work, then I would do that if that is what you want. And if you have the means to do that. So I've met people who've taken three to six months off to really sit, reflect and figure out what they want. If you can do that, go for it. If that's not what you want, the next thing to start thinking about is, do I have my tools in place to get the job that I want? So looking at your resume, looking at your LinkedIn, but also looking at your network. Who are the people you can start talking with in your network? And your network are family and friends to start with. Who are the people in your family, friends that you know or that they know of that can connect you to the right people? Even um, within your company or your old company, you probably still have some great connections there. So where are they going? Where are they moving to? Talk with them. Even if you haven't had a great relationship, you're kind of all in the same boat. So you have something to connect with. Talk with them. Build your network. With the job market, there are so many people looking for jobs. So the competition, the competition is really concentrated. Um, so when you're just trusting an application to pull you through to an interview, you're not going to get the results you're probably looking for. So really um, think about networking as well as part of uh, these steps that you're taking. So just in summary, one, if you feel like things are shaking up, start looking now getting your tools ready. Two, if it's already happened, start looking at your tools, resume, LinkedIn, and getting that revised. And then three, networking. Yeah. I, really start networking and build that network. So, so many things that you're sharing there are so so crucial. And like it, to even share more, like I think my perspective on like some tactical ways to identify when layouts are coming. One, a lot of times the rumors are there months before it happens because even the people like higher up who are involved in those decisions, like, Generally, what happens is, they, you know, this company is bringing a consulting agency like a McKenzie, you know, uh, Boston Consulting to help them like have a third party way of what departments, what layers to cut. And th and even though the, the senior executives are main to sign like non-disclosures and stuff, they still rumors still truck it down. It's just human behavior like right. Like people start saying, no, don't tell anybody like, you know. <clears throat> So I think that's that's one way, you know, just just to hear the rumors, you know, where there is smoke, there is fire. Uh, I think a second really thing is look at the science. If it's a publicly traded company, um, if you don't have the, if you haven't done this already, um, I would encourage you to buy at least one share of stock uh, that, of the company that you work for, because then now you're a shareholder and you're able to attend the quarterly uh, shareholder meetings or like, or not the shareholder meeting, which they do, you could, but I'm, I'm talking about more about that uh, once a quarter, the CEOs and the executive team have to, they speak to the analyst, right? And so, um, and those analysts will drill them with questions about labor and cost. And they'll be like, Hey, your labor cost is too high. Or they'll be like, and so they actually share a lot of clues of what's happening, um, in those calls. 
Um, and so if you if you read them uh, or if you either read them or listen to them, you're going to get a lot of um, you're going to know what's coming in the next couple of months. Insight, um, yeah. A lot of insight mm-hmm. of what's happening, right? Like, so if you work for a company and let's say you work in a factory and the, and then the CEO goes like, yeah, we're, you know, we're doubling down in automation. Like, like, just know, like there's an, like, if you're doubling down on automation because you're going to bring in more, you know, r- like robots, like, like, okay, maybe the layouts are not coming today, but like, they're going to happen in, in, in a couple, in a year or so. So you have to see that. Right. So I think those are really, uh, really good things. I also think I'm a firm believer that if you you should always you should build your brand on LinkedIn, and it's not about actively looking for a job. One, you can also say you're open to work and hide it from your company. There's a feature, right? That feature on LinkedIn, and hide it from uh, and, and just only recruiters can see that you're open to work. So uh, you can do that, right? Like shop the market, e- even if you don't you don't have to accept it, but you should continue to have those conversations. And if anything, it's going to either help you appreciate your job more or less, right? Like, because if you come in and you realize that you're being completely underpaid, then you should go to somewhere else if you feel like it's a good fit. So uh, so I, I like with you're correct. Like, I think like your LinkedIn and ha- always, whether there's layoffs coming or not, you should always have your update, your LinkedIn updated. You should have, uh, you should continue to be networking with feet, with people in your industry, whether it's because it leads to a job or is it just because it leads to uh, professional relationships and um, and those opportunities. So, um, so amazing. So amazing. What, so what, what about like, um, what other advice would you then say have about like maybe LinkedIn, like what should be somebody be posting on LinkedIn or, or how should, how should they start networking while they're still employed? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, even before you get to your LinkedIn or having these conversations, which I agree with Danny, you should be having regardless of the situation. Um, you want to know yourself as a brand. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to speak about yourself. So yeah, it's going to translate into LinkedIn. Yeah, it's going to translate into your resume. But automatically, if someone were to come up to you now and say, tell me about yourself, tell me what you, you know, who you are as an expert in the field, what would you say? And you are already want to have that, I wouldn't say down, you don't want to have it memorized, but you kind of want to know what those things are. I hear a lot of times that, especially if you're in a role where you have to do a lot of different things and you wear a lot of different hats, is that people call themselves, I'm a generalist, mm-hmm. I can do a lot of different things, just give me a task and I can know I can take it on. Companies don't want to hear that. <laughs> That's what automation's becoming now. They want to know that you are going to come in and do a job, create impact and build revenue or bring in more customers. They want to know how does your skill set allow them to grow. So you want to know exactly what are your areas of expertise? What are you a subject matter expert in? Those are the things that you want to know and talk about for yourself, but also you want to translate it into your LinkedIn, into your resume. So when building your LinkedIn, you want to have a brand that speaks to kind of who you are in the space. So you want to kind of give yourself a title. It doesn't necessarily have to be your title or position that you've held, but what is that title you call yourself as? For example, if I wrote a book, I can say I'm an author, even though I may not do that full time. Or um, as a coach, I can call myself an executive coach, a career coach. I also do program development work. So I'm going to articulate that in my LinkedIn. So you want that to be clear and not too broad because people create stories. This is the thing. People will make up stuff that is not even true based on what you're putting in your LinkedIn and not in a negative way, but we are going to, we ought to automatically like to fill in our gap, fill in the gaps in our head. So if we're assuming something or we see something, we're like, oh, okay, you put that there. So I am assuming you want to keep doing this. So you want to make 
as many or as less assumptions as possible when building your LinkedIn out. And of course, people want to have questions, but you want to have questions that want to invite them in. Oh, you're doing this? Would like to know more. You're doing that? Would like to know more. Um, so all that to say is really want to start with yourself and really figure out what are you an expert in? What are your subject matter in? What do people go to you for? Think of it that way. Um, and also, what do you want to be known for? So maybe they don't know that for you, from you yet, but what do you want to be known for and really pivoting into that direction as well? Yeah. You know, one thing that you said there that, that really like, um, like it's, it's so true is I see the same mistake of like a lot of individuals when they're looking for a job or when they're desperate for a job, they're like, oh, what are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for anything. I just want a shot. I just want like, you know, they're just like. They you they you think right that by being open to anything that that's going to open more doors. The problem is that every company, regardless of its size, has limited resources, and because we have limited resources as an organization, we can't go and hire everybody. And so we're actually looking for specialists. And and the bigger the company is, the more they're looking for specialists, right? If it's a startup of two people, then yes, th being a journalist is fantastic because you're gonna have to wear multiple hats. But if you're talking about working for a company that has over a thousand or hundreds of employees or even tens of thousands or millions of employees, it's actually the quite opposite. Like they want more specialist like specialization because you're not going to just be doing marketing, right? You're going to be doing email marketing and you're not just going to be doing email marketing. You're going to be doing email marketing for a particular brand and you're not just going to be doing email marketing for a particular brand. You might just be writing email for a particular call to action. So it's like it, it becomes right. It, it becomes actually counterproductive by by someone that's looking for the job to, to just be telling their network that they're open to anything anytime any opportunity anywhere versus the more you actually say no i am looking for a digital marketing role that focuses on analytics in the hospitality industry like and i know that it sounds like oh well then you just niche yourself down so much i'm like no actually now you're giving the individuals in your network a clear place to support you because you're right they might not know that company but they can actually ask their network to ask them and the beautiful thing is like we live in a, in a world where we're only a couple of degrees of separation and especially so linkedin tells you that like linkedin the amount mm -hmm. of people that you the odds are that if you go to a company that you want to work for you're going to have tons if not one first connection second connections and that's why it's so funny because it's like linkedin only goes to three <laughs> because everyone is connected yeah. in a third way anyways that's true that's so true and i and i also want to just add you know as a person of color sometimes it's in our culture it's ingrained in you to not talk about yourself and to not boast and you got to stay humble and all these things and that can be true it is true for certain settings but when it comes to really showcasing who you are then there's kind of a switch you want to turn on, not that you're changing anything, but you really do want to lean into, yes, I did that. And I did, you know, some amazing things here, did amazing things there. And it's okay to talk about it. You don't necessarily have to talk about it like you're selling yourself or look at me, but more so really embracing the achievements you've probably created in your career and the amazing things that you've done at past companies and sharing it in a very genuine and authentic way that aligns to just the work that you enjoy doing. So if you're one of those types, which is also, I'm one of those types too, where I don't really love talking about myself. There's moments where you can lean into that and it feels good too. Yeah, It does feel good. It, you know, it's super interesting, right? Because uh, you could just, different studies will tell you different numbers, but like around 75 or 80% of people lie or exaggerate on their resume. Right. And, um, and even I don't, 
for me as a like as a former like hiring manager recruiter even now as i you know continue to scale my team we we look at hundreds of applications every single month and i understand and i know the uh, odds are eight out of ten of them are lying or exaggerating uh, on on their resume now what the reason why i'm saying is this is that most people who've been in a recruiting setting for a long time have that bias and they're lo- and they're looking at a resume from that lens of odds are this is a lie because if this was so true, then why do we do interviews, right? The reason why we're doing interviews is because is we're saying, oh, like, I want to double check that what you put here is true. And that what, so if not, like, I'm bringing you into the interview to be like, oh, tell me more about the role that you did here, right? Tell me more about the 10 people you managed that you said you put on your resume, right? Um, it's like you're, you're double checking because you, because of that inherent bias that we have in those resumes. And so I'm not actually not, I'm not here to say that you should lie or exaggerate on your resume. All I am saying that because everyone does, when you don't even give yourself the credit that you, you deserve, right? If you don't, if you are just downplaying yourself because you're just very humble, it's, you create an even massive gap because you have this gap of people lying or exaggerating. And if you tell the truth, like, like maybe you're at the same stage or even a little bit below because they lie or exaggerate. And, but if you don't say anything because you're just trying to humbly be quiet about it and then the gap becomes bigger and you're not getting a shot to the interview, right? So you are actually hurting yourself. And so you have to speak up. You have to network or be if you don't like speaking up, be so good at networking that other people speak up for you, right? And that's actually even better, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that's even, even better mm-hmm. because that's, you know, like your resume is as biased as the person that gives it to you, right? Because like if I know that you're really close with your brother and let's say that you're hiring for a role and your brother gives you a resume, that resume is no longer biased. It's as truth as the relationship and trust that you have with your brother, right? So I, I think that's really interesting, like what you were saying there. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, I mean, we're we're not, you know, supporting lying or things like that. But you, you essentially, you want to talk well of yourself yeah. is what we're saying and believe that, you know, the skills that you have, even thinking about a job description, I talk with a lot of job seekers and it's like, you have 10 things and then, oh, I can't do number four. I can't do number five. I can't do number six, number eight. I haven't, I'm not going to apply. When you honestly have done those things, it might just be written a different way. It might just be said a different way, but you've, done those things. So it's really leaning into your strengths when you're going through this job search and not so much looking at your weaknesses. Because if you keep looking at your weaknesses or what you don't have, then you're going to put yourself at the back of the line constantly. And then you're going to wonder, why am I not getting where I want to be yeah. to this next role? No, absolutely. And it's interesting because like, in, we know our biggest weaknesses, but the world doesn't know it. And so like, you're, you're letting your mental block because you know all the information stop you from applying to a job right and it's like this again i love quoting uh like the quote of michael jordan says you're gonna miss every shot you don't take like if you don't apply you have zero percent chance of getting it but if you do apply even if you're missing some of those qualifications you have more more chance than zero right so uh and so that's super interesting so you know as we wrap it up i I do want to give you the opportunity i know that you 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 do you you do career coaching. You work with job seekers. I would love to learn a little bit more about the you know the services that you provide. How can someone get a hold of you? Um, and if they want to learn more about what you do, yeah, absolutely. So my actual career started as a teacher. 
I really wanted to be an ele elementary school teacher and I did become one. But then after two years, I said, this is not it. <laughs> I don't want to teach no more. Uh, and so that was when my journey of pivoting into a new field is where I started really exploring the world of coaching. And so went from becoming a teacher into higher education, went to higher education, to coaching professionals, and then from coaching professionals in the higher education spaces, went to coaching professionals just throughout different industries in general. So this is what I get a chance to do now. I serve as a career and executive coach. I have my own business, but I also work with other businesses to really help build out and develop their programs to support clients and then also coaching clients towards making a shift in their career. So whether this might be you've gotten laid off, unfortunately, or you just want to take the next step in your career, or you want someone to support you on what is the direction of where I'm going next. I've been doing this for 10 years. I don't love it. I really want to tap into my passions. So really supporting around those efforts. And then I still kind of wear my teacher hat and I do a lot of program development with organizations, really building out programs that are built for your customer or for your client, building that out. Um, and then also adding a technology piece to those programs as well. So I really love supporting people. And so if you want to find me, um, you can go to my website, leandriadevis.com um, and book a time with me. We'd love to do a discovery call. Amazing. So we'll, uh, we'll put for all of you listening, we're going to put Leandria's LinkedIn and her website on the show notes. So make sure you, you, you do that. Um, and for all the listeners, look, if you are listening to this and you know someone that's been affected by a layoff and maybe you know someone that maybe uh, is dealing with some confidence issues about their job search process, share this episode with them, right? Uh, help them listen to some of this positive message, some of this advice that Leandra and I were sharing here. Uh, and if you enjoy this, uh, we don't run ads here. So if you can please, as a return, uh, like and subscribe to this so that we can help continue to grow this podcast and grow this message. Uh, I'll mean the world to us. So thank you so much. Uh, all of you for listening. Leandra, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been great. Thank you. And catch you guys on the next episode.